Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, folks, and welcome back to Police Pod Talk today. I am thrilled to have an old friend of mine on the air with us. I've got Eric Black. He was with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Eric is working as the police laboratory manager. Eric, you can say hello to the people out there. Hello, everyone. Good morning. All right. I really appreciate you being here today with us, Eric. Uh, we're going to kind of Glad walk. To be here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We're going to kind of walk through Eric's life and his career, starting as a patrolman, going all the way to what he is actually doing now. I mean, at one point, Eric was actually uh, my boss. Uh, we, we worked together in what was it, Vice and Narcotics there for a while, right? That is correct. Wow. Surprised you remembered that. Yeah, I I remember those days you used to walk through the office and just kind of give me a look like, oh boy, this guy, (laughs) he is out of control. (laughs) What am I going to (laughs) do? Yeah, and you would just shake your head and walk out the door. It's like, oh man. (laughs) You you know, and you never said a word. You just give us this look and walk right on by. I thought, oh man, (laughs) what are we going to get? But no. Well. I was thankful. I had people. <laughs> yeah, I had people. I remember that. No, uh, I, I appreciate you being here with us today, Eric. And uh, I just want our listeners to know that, I mean, you have been you have been on the uh, Fort Wayne Police Department for quite some time. And I'm going to let you take it and run with it. And I'll throw out a few questions here or there. But uh, kind of let our listeners know, starting as a patrolman, when you started, how long you were on, and just walk through your career. And I'll throw in a few questions along the way. Go right ahead, Eric. All right. Well, I started with the police department in September of 1981 is when I graduated from the academy. And, uh, of course, went through the usual six-month probation period and uh, on third shift. And then when I, uh, when, when I got off of probation, I went to second shift, and I was working what I call the inner city uh, west. What we used to call District Six, right. and then I went to Inner City East, District Seven, and I was a patrolman for ten years uh, before I got uh, before I got promoted to sergeant in 1991. Uh, in 1988, I was uh, I ran for and was elected to the office of Patrolman uh, Benevolent Association President, and I uh, served in that capacity for three years. Then, like I said, I was promoted in 1991, and uh, I was on the street just for a short time there. And then, because then, that's when they had they had uh, when when we got promoted. At that point in time, you had a specific job that you had to go to. So they had two jobs that uh, it was me and another uh, guy who got promoted at the same time. And they said, "Well, you can either have a third shift records job, or you can go work in this new unit called crime scene management." I went to uh, I chose crime scene management. And uh, that was really kind of my uh, that was kind of my home. That was kind of where uh, where I fit. It uh, it was work that I loved to do. Difficult work at times, certainly being on call and, and what have you. It was it was it was what I was meant to do. I mean, you know, and I hope that everyone finds that niche wherever they are, wherever they're working. That you have this niche, and you say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And and, and it's not so much that you're better at it than anybody or everybody else, but it's the work that suits you it fulfills you it 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 makes you whole in terms of your work life 
Hmm. So I was there uh, from Go ahead and talk about the experience. You said it, so what were you talking <laughs> no, about? It, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was just an experience just from the standpoint of you never realize what's going on in your city. I mean, you know, you you read stuff in the papers, and, of course, you know, you know stuff, you know, just from being on the street and being around people and so on and so forth. But you never, when you start getting into uh, vice activities and drug activities, you're just, you're just surprised at the number of people and who is actually participating in stuff like that. Right. And so it's just, uh, I mean, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, there's some people that was, oh man, I would never have thought that this person would be involved in stuff like that. And and then lo and behold, they are. And so, uh, yeah, I worked there um, until 1999. And uh, then I was called to be deputy chief over the operations division. Now the operations division is uh, the, the, the officers that you see on the street, they are the ones who, um, you know, who are in squad cars and they're the, they're in uniform and, and, and what have you. And so at that point in time, uh, there was only one deputy chief, the operations division, as opposed to the way it is now, where four. Uh, of course, this was 1990, 1999, and the biggest thing that was coming up at that point in time was Y2K. You know, anybody remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we were trying to remember, you know, geez, you know, January 1 to the year 2000, are the lights going to be on? And are the computers going to, oh, my gosh, it's then, you know, we, we, and we have the usual, usual apocalyptic, it's the end of the world type things. And right. so that night we had uh, several, several contingency plans. Things didn't go the way that we hoped. So I was, uh, at midnight, I was standing uh, on the Clinton side, or I'm sorry, on the north side of the Clinton and uh, 4th Street Bridge, and I was sitting up there saying, looking looking towards the skyline <laughs> to see if all the lights were going to stay on, and lo and behold, they did. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have people stand down and just kind of keep people watching stuff and just in case. And, but everything turned out all right, and then at that point, I made a decision to, to uh, not remain in rank. Um, I chose not to uh, go back and try and be a captain over something, you know, uh, some made-up position or something like that. Uh, I said, well, just look, just send me back to crime scene management if there's a position. I had to wait a year. <laughs> By, let's see, 2000, early in 2001, I went back to crime scene management for less than a year, really. I worked there, and when my boss at the time, who was the crime lab manager, uh, Dave Young, he offered to me, he, uh, they were, at that point, uh, needing to hire someone to come work in the lab. And so uh, I, I, knowing that I would have my 20 years in, in September, you know, I told him, I said, I think I told him in June, I said, June of 2000, I said, I said, Dave, you know, and I said it laughingly, and I said, if you hold that job till September, I'll retire and take it. I laughed, he didn't, and uh, <laughs> he, held, he, he held the job until September, and I took it, and so I went into the laboratory. In September of uh, 2001, and so I worked there. Uh, you know, became a became a latent print examiner. Um, that was a two year training program. And in 2012, 
I became a certified latent print examiner. Now that uh, what what that entails is it's a bookwork, and it's probably the most difficult comparison test that anyone would take in terms of comparing fingerprints for terms of trying to establish identity. Right. It's a very difficult test. As a matter of fact, it had a 50% fail rate. Wow. And so in 2012, I took the test, passed it, which made me at, which made me at that time and even today still one of right about 1,000 people in the world who are certified as a latent print examiner through the International Association for Identification. Now, so, now, now let, me, let me stop you there. You're talking, okay. about, you're talking about identifying fingerprints like at, uh, when you take them from a crime scene or if you have to take them off of a person. Or yeah. Explain a little more what you do with that, with fingerprints. Okay, see, the, the, the premise behind uh, working with, with fingerprints is, is that no two are alike. And I think most people you know, who've done any kind of work in science at all has heard that before. No two fingerprints are alike. No matter, even if you have our identical twins, identical twins do not have the same fingerprint. Now, strangely enough, in this world of DNA, uh, identical twins have the same DNA, hmm. but they do not have the same fingerprints. Okay. And so fingerprints are kind of the gold standard for in terms of being able to say that this fingerprint belonged to that person and or this fingerprint did not belong to that person. Right. And see, this is the and this is the beauty of the job that I do is is that when I make an identification and I'm I'm looking at this print and I'm trying to establish whether or not you know this this print belongs to a particular person or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm guided strictly by what I see. It's not a matter of I have to make somebody guilty or I have to make somebody innocent. Right. I simply go by and testify when I testify in court. I say it is or it isn't, right. or I, it was inconclusive. It's not my job. It's not my job to work for the prosecutor, not my job to work for the defense. I'm going to tell you what I know and tell you what I see, explain it to the jury the best that I can, and then the jury decides. Hmm. Okay. So when you say there's no two fingerprints alike, do you have to have the entire fingerprint or just part of the fingerprint to be able to tell? We virtually never have the entire fingerprint. It's going to be a partial. It's going to be a partial fingerprint just almost 99% of the time because people just don't, they, they, they just don't deposit whole fingerprints. And so that's kind of where, you know, that's kind of where uh, people who work in this science, you know, we laugh at what we see on TV because when, you know, you see this on TV, it's a whole big fingerprint. Everything is just like they laid it down there on purpose and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, you know. Well, <laughs> What actually turned me, <laughs> not so much turned me against it, but when I uh, I was watching this with my wife, who hates to watch this with me because she just knows that I'm over there going, that's crazy, that's idiot, that's never what happened, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> I'm ruining right. it for her, right? <laughs> so the, I was, I was, uh, we were watching this together one time, and uh, with all due seriousness and terseness, ter terseness the uh, examiner on TV looked at that print and said, this is clearly a world, and I was looking at the print going, no, it's not, it's clearly a latent, that he's an idiot, and turn the TV off. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't watch again at CIS with my wife. Right. That, that, that won't work. <laughs> so, yeah, we, but at any rate, that's the difference. Huh? Yeah, we see that a lot of times. Like you say, we see it on TV, and they have like one or two little points that match. Uh, what does that mean when they have like, 
they'll say they have like seven matches or seven little things pointing at a fingerprint on TV. Is that true? Sure. Well, the thing is, uh, I I would be remiss to, to I would never call a fingerprint on seven points, but okay. But what they're talking about is is that in the in your fingers and in the palm of your hand even, and actually even on the bottom of your feet, you've got this skin. It's a different kind of skin, and it's called friction ridge skin. Uh, the part that we're concerned with uh, working in latent prints is called the tops of the ridges. Now, these ridges, they don't run continuously and evenly from one side of your finger or palm to the other, whether they're broken and they're not continuous. And so under magnification, when you're looking at these ridges, you have some ridges that are longer than others, and then you have some ridges that split into two, or even three for that matter. You have ridges that come together that form what we call little islands. Mm-hmm. And you have ridges that form enclosures. And so when and so when we're looking at fingerprints, this is what we're looking at. We're looking at to see if the ridge arrangements between two images are comp- are, are the same. In other words, do I find do I find the same ridge arrangements in the unknown as I do in a known? And so when you see this on TV and they're saying, well, we have seven points of identification or something like that that match, that's what they're saying. And they're saying, well, okay, we got this. And so apparently for them, that's enough for them to say that, okay, this is an identification. We can say with a certain amount of surety that these two images came from the same person. And so, yeah, that's what they're saying. Now, in real life, there would have to be a lot of stars come into alignment for me to call, and this is after 19 years of experience, for me to call a fingerprint on seven points because I've had them with as many as eight points in agreement and not be the same person. Okay, yeah, that was going to kind of be my next question. Over all the years you've been doing this, how many times have you seen a fingerprint that looks really close and how close has it looked? And it turns out not to be that person. Oh, my gosh. A number of times where you, I, I mean, I can't give you an exact number. Right. But there are, there are times, and, and, and you know when this happens, is that when, uh, when we're working with our automated fingerprint identification system, otherwise known as APHIS, and we're doing uh, comparisons, and just the, long, the short, short story here is, is that APHIS will basically notify us basically uh, when we log in and say, for everybody that was arrested last night, it checks all the fingerprints in the database. And then we have what we call an unsolved latent database, okay? Fingerprints that were good enough to store that didn't hit the first time. Mm-hmm. The computer will notify us and say, okay, out of all the people that were arrested last night, we think, the computer thinks that there are matches here, 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 here. And so we have to look at them. We have to do an on-screen comparison. And so the comparison is the known, which obviously is the person who was arrested last night, right. against the unknown, which is in our unsolved latent database. And this is where you're going to find those close non-matches, is what we call them. Mm-hmm. Close non-matches. And if so the, they're going to be fingerprints that are going to be the same pattern. And you're going to look in there and say, okay, well, yep, I see that bifurcation. And I see uh, that enclosure is there. And that bifurcation is there. And, and then you start to get start to feel good about it yeah. and then at some point <laughs> you know yeah you start to feel good about it and they yeah. oh maybe i've got a match here and uh, and something some good news maybe i can tell the detective and then he'll he or she will have follow-up information and so on and so forth and then you keep looking at it and then it starts to fall apart on you <laughs> oh wow yeah 
Right. And then it starts to fall apart, and then you start to see stuff that's not there. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, then at that at that point, you sit up and say, "Wow, you know, I had four, five, six points in agreement here, and uh, you know, I'm, look, I'm 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 about ready to be on the trail of happiness." Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. Not him. Right. In the story. <laughs> right. And we right. move on. Now, how many people work with you in the fingerprint area? There are two other uh, latent print examiners that work. And. With me. And both of you had to pass the same test? Actually, they have not set for that test yet. They came in in 20, late 2014, excuse me, early 2015, and they're just kind of holding off. I mean, they just, they're just kind of holding off, making sure they have the experience mm-hmm. and the knowledge, you know, because, so, you know, you only want to take it once. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to call a bad one, I mean, and then it cuts their consequences for it, you know, for that. But. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you take the test when when you're ready to take it. And so, uh, it's like I said, I took it in 2012. I came to the lab in 2001, and I passed it in 2012. <laughs> so right. I waited that long. And so there's no time limit for them to take it. They recognize that it's important for them to take it and become mm-hmm. certified. And uh, certainly they're on that track. Right. So since since you're one of uh, a thousand people who are certified, do you get mm-hmm. called to other departments, other states to help out maybe to look at some fingerprints? No, not too much because you're virtually every state has a has has a state police some type of state police laboratory. There are other people that 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 does that work for smaller agencies. Being certified, certainly. I mean, it what it does, what it does for me, for me. If I were to choose to to move on and to leave the leave the police department here, it paves the way. It makes it much easier for me to get other positions. It says to the courts that uh, I've met a certain level of competency. And so now, make no mistake, there are other latent print examiners. There are very good latent print examiners who are not certified. Okay. Hmm. But you could also say the same thing that there, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are very good with numbers who've never passed the CPA exam. Right, right. And But if you go in and say, well, hey, I'm an accountant, and they'll say, well, okay, fine, have you passed the CPA exam? And you go, well, no, but I'm still a very good accountant. <laughs> well, nobody's going to argue that, <laughs> that you're that you're not a good accountant, but having that certification sure paves the way for you to do other things. Gotcha. Well, the certification. The certification for latent print examination is the same way. I understand. I got you. Now, since you're the uh, laboratory manager, do you do more mm-hmm. than just fingerprints? Do you go to a crime scene and do more than just the prints? Oh no, we don't go to the we don't we don't go to the crime scenes. Uh, not unless we're called. Especially, I mean, we haven't been called out. Oh my gosh, four or five years, six years, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. So, so we just don't get yeah we just don't get called out to uh, crime scenes. Uh, the crime scene management division uh, they're the ones who document uh, our crime scenes and who lift the prints and they turn them in for us to examine. Okay. Now, other people, I mean, uh, other people, other officers who are like the uniform officers. Uh, someone has the unfortunate incident of you know their house gets broken into, or there's a robbery or something like that. Uh, all of our squad officers have been issued fingerprint kits, mm-hmm. and in the academy, they were taught how to use them. 
And so we get prints from that source also. Or they will bring stuff to the property room, items to be and have and request for them to be printed. Mm-hmm. And then we will go to the property room and we'll get them. So that's kind of the, that's the source of where we get our work. <laughs> that's where okay. it comes from. Okay. So tell me, since the officers are out there doing that, taking the prints from a house, what do you believe the success rate is when they come in and, and uh, bring a print to you? Uh, let's say you get a um, uh, hundred of them in a month. How many do you think you mm-hmm. actually match with someone through APHIS? When we put a print in APHIS, uh, we are we will get a hit roughly, roughly a third of the time. Okay. So we're we're probably thirty thirty percent, little, little, if anything, a little less. Okay. Uh, so this is why we don't run really out. Arrest the number one candidate on the list. So let me give you just a brief overview of what happened. So okay. we get a we get a we get a latent print in, whether it comes from an officer, whether it comes from crime scene, a detective, it doesn't matter. We get a, we get a latent print in, and of course, that you know the question is, who does this print belong to? Okay, so first question: Do you have a suspect that we can start with? Right. That, you know that you think is involved could do could do this? No, we don't. We have no idea. I mean, you know that that's that's just the way it is. Okay, fine. And so at this point, we take the print, we take it, and we put it into APHIS. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we can request at that point from 10 to 250 uh, candidates. And so what APHIS does, and so if you, hey, if you think of it just simply as a huge search engine, mm-hmm. it's a search engine, and, but instead of searching, you know, linguistic terms, it's searching that, those ridge arrangements that, that I was talking about a few minutes ago. Right. That's what it's searching. And so now it searches, and to give you the case, just to kind of demonstrate the capabilities of, of the machine itself, it will search all 20 images on a fingerprint card. So you have 10, you have 10 rolled images, and then you have what we call 10 flat images. So right. four fingers, thumb, thumb, and then four fingers on the other end. It will search all of those in our database in less than five minutes. And so how many is that? We're rapidly approaching half a million cards. Hmm. So take a half a million, half a million fingerprint cards times twenty, and it will search all of those in less than five minutes and give us a candidate list. Okay. And so at that point, what we have to do is we are on screen now doing a side by side comparison. We're looking at the unknown, which we have in terms of the print that someone turned in, and then we're looking at the known. We know because this person has been arrested and they're in our database. And incidentally, our database is simply uh, people who have been arrested. And we have a, our database consists of juveniles who have committed crimes mm-hmm. that if they were adults, they would be felons. Right. So those are the only people, if you, if you got fingerprinted as a teacher, banker, or in some other profession, your fingerprints are not in our system. It is strictly a criminal database. Ah, so, okay. So at that point, so we're, like I said, we're doing the side-by-side comparison, and we're looking at uh, the two images uh, more often than not. Two-thirds of the time, you know, APHIS is wrong, but a third of the time it's right. And if it's your crime, you're happy for that third. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Right. If, if, if it's your crime, you're happy. You're happy for that third because otherwise you got nothing. Right. Before APHIS, prior APHIS came on board in 2002. Prior to that, if you had come to me as a detective and you said, Eric, I got this print, 
Uh, and I ask you, I say, well, Detective Inge, do you have do you have a suspect? You've got somebody, a person of interest that uh, you'd like us to look at? And you said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. I mean, you know, we just, I mean, we work as a burglary. We work and this is what we got. Right. I said, okay, thank you. And I take it, put it in an envelope, and put it in a file cabinet and say, when you get a suspect, you let me know, and I'll be happy to look at them, and, and uh, we'll go from there. But until you get a suspect, it just sat there in the file cabinet. Right. Nothing else was done. Right. So have you guys gone into that file cabinet and, and dragged all of those out and start shoving them in that, into the machine? <laughs> oh, yes, we have, as a matter of fact. Because <laughs> you know that's and what we, people we, are thinking. They're thinking that now. Okay. Yeah, they're thinking that. You know, well, you know, did, 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 they run, did they run this print? Did they run that print? And, right. uh, yeah, early on, the early years in APHIS, and, of course, the homicides went first. Okay, the unsolved homicides that we had on file, mm-hmm. you know, we, we ran we ran those through first. Then, you know, we just kind of worked our way, you know, through the burglaries and the robberies and, and things like that. Right. And, uh, and we got a lot of hits. I mean, you know, but of course, when you know, of course, when you're dealing with little crime, some people are dead. <laughs> some mm-hmm. people, you know, are already locked up for right. other things, you right. know, <laughs> and this and that and the other. But, um, yeah, for a while there, I mean, you know, geez, we kept... We kept, we kept detectives very busy there going up there, well, you know, hey, we got to get on this. And, you know, of course, they have to go and run it down and see what that person was doing. And, right. and then, you know, the thing is, is the other thing that you get, and because this is what TV has done, and it's called what we call the crime scene, uh, you know, the crime scene effect, is, is that you think that every hit is a criminal hit. Well, you also run into a, to situations where a person has been arrested, okay, and so their prints are on file. But when you when we process something taken from where their house was broken into, we'll develop their prints right. on stuff. Because well, guess what? It's not against the law for you to touch your own stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. You you don't I mean you can touch your T V all you want to. It's a, you know, and so this was, so so then, you know, we have this, you know, where you know so so many of our prints hmm. turn out to be, you know, it's the homeowner. Well, again, we can't determine that. And when you turn in that print to the lab, and I'm looking at that print, I can't tell if it's male. I can't tell if it's female. I can't tell if they're white, black, blue, or green. I, it's just a print. And, and until we match it up either by suspect or person of interest or APHIS makes a hit on it, that's the only time that we know who it belongs to. Right. And that's really kind of the beauty of what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, is because, you know, yeah, I have all this stuff up here. Pick one. I can't tell you who it belongs to. Right. Doesn't really matter. It's just a, if it matches here and here, if we get a match, then and then it's up to the detective to say, okay, uh, Eric, how come your prints are in uh, Mrs. Jones's house? Yeah. You know, she says she don't know you. And so, you know, the detective is the one sitting across the table from you going, okay, well, you know, you, here, here's your chance. Explain this. Exactly. And you, and usually about that time, that's when they lawyer up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they know. They know. Well, I'm going to go know. back. I'm going to go back and ask you a question. You said that only it's a, only a criminal database it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you getting a job or anything like that where you have to give up your fingerprints or at the pawn shop or whatever <laughs> none, right. none of that is in there now do you think there's going to be a day when those two can merge well it it is it is already it's just simply in another database we have access to it it is not our local database and so there are actually three databases that we draw from. It's 
it's our local database, which is simply everyone that's arrested in Allen County locally that gets fingerprinted, they're in our database. Mm-hmm. Now, the state of Indiana also has a database. Okay, Their database is probably closer to like uh, 2 million cards. Ours, uh, like I said, we're approaching a half million if we're not over it. The state police database, now we're talking a whole state now, they're talking about about 2 million cards. Uh, We have the ability to run that unknown latent against their database, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is, and I think their database, I'm pretty sure it's also uh, a criminal database. The final database that we can reference is the FBI database. And this is where we can find out then it, uh, the, uh, when we run a print through the FBI, we can, I mean, it has all of the teachers and the bankers and uh, military people and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. That's where we're able to, um, that's where we're able to run that, uh, take that print, run it against their database, and that, that takes a couple hours <laughs> because, of course, now there's several million okay. prints within their database. Mm-hmm. And so we have access to those databases, though. I mean, you know, not every print gets run through the FBI. Yeah, I wanted to make sure you we cleared that up so somebody's out here thinking, well, they'll never find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be found, though, if you're, you, you, you gave up your fingerprints. Found. Okay. Right. So you got to think back. Did I ever give up my fingerprints at any time? That's what you got to be thinking. <laughs> it was if you're a criminal, okay? That, that's right. <laughs> so, that's so, okay, out of all the things you've done, all the different places you've been on your job, and, I mean, there are different little things that, you know, gave you satisfaction. In what you're mm-hmm. doing right now, can you remember, like, one of the biggest cases or one of the things, an old case that you happened to help solve just off of someone's fingerprints in an old file? It was new at the time. It wasn't an old. Are you are you, are you talking about specifically old, no, old case? No, any, stuff, or anything just, that any, you just all of a sudden went, boy, I'm glad we got this, and you're so pumped up about it. Oh, um. Actually, it would have been my very first identification that I testified to. Uh, there was a there was a guy. The circumstance of the case was there was a guy who was going around. He would uh, he would watch for uh, young women to get out of their car. He would wait until they came back or, or they were on their way back. He would manage to get in their car, hide in their car, and when she would get in, of course, he would come up from behind. He'd be in the back seat. He would come up from behind and make her go to uh, ATMs and draw out all of her money and threaten the poor victim, you know, and all kinds of of, of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, and he was doing this. I mean, he was he was having a fair amount of success. I mean, you know, if you think about the malls and stuff like this. And of course, this is before the day and age of video cameras. Now we got video cameras everywhere. Back in nineteen, no, I'm sorry, back in two thousand and I want to say it was three. 2002, 2002, 2003, not so much. And so this person was was having a great deal of success with this. And so we had one case where he told the woman, he said, don't look at me. And she had the wherewithal to look up just in time to see him touch the mirror and adjust the mirror away from him. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, okay, so... Of course, you know, like say, you know, we get her car. Uh, crime scene management goes through, and uh, they they develop a print. I mean, and uh, through the detective interview, and this is really a great case to show how well everyone, everybody works together. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can make a difference. 
because during the detective interview, the detective was sensitive enough to ask, did he say anything? Did you see him do anything? Did you? And she remembered, I saw him reach up and touch the mirror. Hmm. So what does the detective do? He communicates this to the crime scene technician who's going to process the car. Right. And he tells her, he says, yeah, she's, she says he touched the mirror. So, you know, look up there. Lo and behold, the crime scene, crime scene tech uh, processes the mirror for prints, and she lifts out a very nice print. Mm-hmm. Partial print, yes, but it was a very nice print. Right. And so um, we, actually, uh, we, we actually put this in APHIS, and we got a hit. Given the gravity of the crime, I mean, and me being fairly new in the lab, you know, I, I'm sure I looked at it. And then my boss, Dave Young, he looked at it, and the other, uh, uh, the other, uh, the other examiner also looked at it. So we had three, three, three separate eyes on this thing. Right. And it turns out to be uh, this person. And uh, so we went to trial, and basically he was found guilty because then they were able to bring in all of the other uh, crimes, uh-huh. you know, that were that were similar. And basically, he ended up he ended up getting like eighty six years, hmm. <laughs> something like that. And uh-huh. so, and, uh, and so, in the meantime, you know, uh, his his defense attorney uh, shot this print around. I mean, uh, said, uh, "Well, hey, you know, it, it, I heard from I heard from examiners around the state who were who were called in who said, uh, hey, we'll pay you to look at this print, and all you have to do is just simply say that there's just not enough there to call it to say that it's him, <laughs> and nobody ever did." Yeah, nobody ever did, and so that was a case where you know it was just not just just the lab. Right. It was a case where the where where the whole the, the the whole of the criminal justice system worked for justice for the victim. And I mean, you know, it. Uh, I mean, and it's, it's that communication between between detective, between crime scene tech, between you know, this is to her, to us, to say this is where we got this print. Mm-hmm. This is where I got this print. Right, and so. Hmm. Yeah, that would that would be my example. There you go. That's a good one. I like that. Good finish. <laughs> <That's a> good... <laughs> yes. <laughs> what What would you tell someone who is looking into doing what you're doing? What would you tell a young person who says, "Hey, I want to do what you're doing"? What advice? I would. I would say number one: stay in school, learn all, learn everything that you can. But when you when you get out of high school, focus your Focus your advanced learning in terms of the forensic sciences or a biology degree, some type of uh, some type of science degree, uh, even whether it's chemistry or, like I said, any uh, any of the earth sciences, uh, because that's what people are looking for. And get as much as you can. Don't stop when you oh some places will offer you an associate degree. Don't stop. Go get your bachelor's. Don't even think about stopping until you until you walk across the stage with your master's degree. Mm-hmm. And then you you know if you want to if you if you want to be the head of a laboratory somewhere, that is your goal. That you want to actually run all aspects of a of a crime lab, then you better go get your PhD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. you can't you can't get too much because the competition is fierce because people tend to stay in these jobs. Oh yeah. There's there there's just not a lot of turnover. So mm-hmm. you have to when 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 the when the position appears, you have to be able to set yourself aside from everybody else. Right. Because there's a human resources person there that's, that's going associate, 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 put those aside. Then they're gonna go to the bachelor's degree. Bachelor, 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 yeah, okay, put those aside. And the master starts to thin things out, right. PhDs even more so. And if you're in the master PhD side, you've got a better chance than the bachelor associate side for, for sure. 
Gotcha. Nothing wrong with those degrees, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not bashing them. I'm mm-hmm. just saying the reality of it is is that you're going to be in stiff competition, and the more that you can put yourself in a position to win, as Tiger Woods used to say, put yourself in a position to play on Sunday. Yeah. The better you'll be, the better your chance that you have for winning. Because if you don't, if you're not playing on Sunday, you can't win, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. Now, thinking back to when you were a patrolman, I'm going to take you all mm-hmm. the way back. Did you ever? Think about where you're at right now, or were you just going day to day being a patrolman? Oh, for the most part, I was just going day to day being a patrolman. I never had uh, aspirations to say, "Okay, one day I'm going to go into the fingerprint lab." And <laughs> I don't even know if I if I knew the fingerprint lab existed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where uh, you know. Uh, uh, look, I, I really didn't even have a lifelong ambition to be a police officer. Really? You know, so wait, wait, wait. Let, let me stop you there. Then what were you? What were you wanting to do? Well, uh, at that uh, when in nineteen eighty, that, that was afros and bell bottoms back then. I'm telling you, yeah, look, I had mine. You had yours too. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Were you right there on that corner, right there, the building yeah, on Lafayette, seventeen seventeen South Lafayette? That's, a, that's it. Yeah, and I think it was an old meat market or something, or old slaughterhouse. It was something. Yeah. That's all we can say. It was something. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, oh man, I didn't, I didn't know you were uh, the class of like eighty one. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll be darned. Well, well, that's life. That's okay. (laughs) So what would you tell a young person 
and I, it may be about the same as what you told them uh, before, but what would you tell a young person who is looking to get into law enforcement and saying, hey, I, I think I want to get on the Fort Wayne Police Department? What would you tell them? The things they really need to do. The things that they really need to do, and, and I think what uh, people are facing nowadays, is, is that, uh, is, yeah, go ahead, pursue that criminal justice degree. Get a minor's in sociology because you're going to do sociology work a lot more than you're going to be running down dark alleys chasing after our people. Yep. You're going to be a problem solver. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to learn how to work with other cultures, people who don't believe like you do. Mm-hmm. Don't make them bad people. They just don't believe like you do. Right. So you have to be able to work within the per- you know you have to be able to work within the investigation as it comes to you because you don't get to choose. You, right. you know, you can't say, well, I only want to work with black people. No, it don't work that way. <laughs> right. I only want to work with white people. No, it don't work that way. <laughs> so you, that's why I said, this is where your sociology degree comes in and says, okay, this is, you know, this, you, this, this will help you learn how to solve problems, how to work with other people and so on and so forth. And so uh, what I would tell, what I would tell someone is in your college experience, in your church experience, if you go to church, even working in your community, learn how to work with other people who are different than you. That easy. Because huh? that's, <laughs> yeah, that easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, learn how to work with other people who are different than you. Find a way to make that happen, because not only will you be a better person for it, it will only help you in your, in your law enforcement career. Hmm. Okay, and because he here, and because he hears the difference. I was training a particular sergeant one time, and so, and and he was a white guy. Okay, so we're we're rolling the we're rolling down, uh, you know, through Miller District Seven. I mean, you know, we're you know, yeah, we're in, we're we're thick into the black part of town, right? And uh, you know, we see these kids over there, you know, and they, you know, they dancing on the corner, they're doing whatever, you know, and uh, I mean, they they looking at us, we looking at them, and 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 he thinks that, oh man, he says, don't you think? something they have to something being suspicious i look at him going no <laughs> they're just on the street corner <laughs> they're not doing anything suspicious at all <laughs> yeah why would he ask me that he's not used to seeing that not used to seeing that kind of thing at all probably spent his whole career working in the white part of town that's great that's what you used to that's what you know unfortunately you're going to be put in situations where it's not familiar to you so if i for for a young person coming in if you can go in and and have that experience mm-hmm. ahead of time, oh yeah, then you you you're you're ahead of you're ahead of the game, you're ahead of the game, and uh, <laughs> it's just kind of like uh, you know. And so the thing about it is, is that now to be on the on the same side. Back in those days, if we had gone up around Wells and Third, Wells and Fourth, and I'm sitting up there looking at these people because they all looking suspicious to me. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm coming from. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You feel me? Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. They're all looking suspicious to me. I'm sitting up there ready to bust this thing out. Yeah, yeah, name and, you know, give me some ID, name and date of birth, and I figure if your lips are moving, you lie to me. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. see, that's wrong on my part. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's wrong on my part. And he probably would have said, no, they ain't doing nothing. Oh, that's so-and-so, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I grew up with people like that. He ain't up to, he ain't up to no good. Exactly. He just, he just, this is the difference. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, we spend our lives in our own worlds, and we need to get out of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
go meet and greet somebody different. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I do appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners appreciate that advice. Eric Black, he is the laboratory manager for the Fort Wayne Police Department. And, Eric, how many more years do you think you're going to keep doing this? Brother, I got this all planned out. November 23rd. 2022. I'm done. Wow. <laughs> so that'd be a 41, to- 41 years. That's what I was wondering. What was going to be the number? <laughs> wow. 41 years is enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, look, I like to think up in terms of I'll be ready to go and the city will be ready for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't he never going to leave. Oh my God. <laughs> See, I hurried up and left before they told me to leave. So, <laughs> and come up here and find out your pop don't work, keep your office don't work, and you're standing out knocking on your own office door. <laughs> and there's a card cardboard box sitting outside the door, with just stuff in it. That's right. And you start looking in the box, and hey, this stuff looks familiar. <laughs> That's my wife's picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Your stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, but that's wrong. So you better make sure you go before they make you go, right? <laughs> so, oh, well, Eric, I do appreciate your time, man, and I appreciate you talking to us about your job. I had no clue what you did. I just knew you were somewhere floating around. And, uh, <laughs> around. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I never knew where you were at, but uh, well, that gives us a good example of what you do. And uh, I'm sure people, uh, victims, really appreciate what you do and that uh, you take such pride in your work. That's the most important part. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. All righty. Eric, and again, thank you for being my uh, boss there in Vice and Narcotics and putting up with me. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> what is it? He did what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real? <laughs> Okay, we're not going to go in that. That's another whole podcast, okay? okay? That's we, that's we'll a, that. I want my wife to listen to this, okay? <laughs> oh, man. All right, now. Hey, Eric, I do appreciate it. And our listeners, uh, hey, if uh, there's no way that you – do you go out and do, like, um, speaking engagements on this uh, for high about school kids? Yeah, about for your job, for high school yeah, yeah. kids? Yeah, I've done it before, sure. Okay, so do they just reach you through the Fort Wayne Police Department? Yes. Okay, so. Just ask for the, just ask for the crime lab, and uh, actually the number, 260-427-1195. One uh, yes, we have an active outreach, um, I, because the two other people that I work with are women, and uh, they have, they're fond of reaching out to women who want to work within law enforcement. I mean, you know, it's an unconventional type of career. And uh, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, we, we, we have a very active outreach. And, you know, just just give us a call and we, we, we can set up a time. Okay, shout that number out one more time. you got to put the area code in because we get listeners all across the world, man. Come on. Sure. <laughs> I did. I said 260-427-1195. That's about how you had to deal with me at work. I wasn't no, listening half the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he did again. He did what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to stop right now. Eric Black, thanks for being here with us today and we really appreciate you being here on Police Pod Talk and listeners. It uh, was, go ahead. It was my pleasure. Thank All right. you. All right. Hey folks, you know how to catch us and we'll catch you next week on Police Pod Talk. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com. 
or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.